Welcome to the Florida Roundtable. My name's Bill Mick, and here we're going to cover today election issues. You'll find me at BillMick.com, and you can drop us an email there or catch up with other Florida Roundtable podcasts. With it being election season and Florida's presidential primary being March 19th, the state primary for state and local offices coming up August 20th, and the general election November 5th, we've got a busy election season ahead of us in the Sunshine State. Joining us on the roundtable today, Florida Secretary of State Cord Bird, his office responsible for our elections at the state level. Election 2024 in front of us with Secretary of State Cord Bird on this edition of the Florida Roundtable. We will continue in moments right here on the Florida News Network. It all starts with a drip that can turn into a gush that can turn into a major leak inside your home. Unless you have protection from water leak damage with the Water Shield by FPL Home Water Protection Program. A smart water shutoff device and app work together to monitor your home's water usage, provide real-time alerts right to your phone, and even automatically turn off your water when a major leak is detected. So you can rest assured that your home has protection from water leak damage, most of which isn't covered by basic homeowner's insurance. It's peace of mind protection at just $9.99 a month for the first year with promo code RADIO. Call 800-470-4619, 800-470-4619. That's 800-470-4619. Offer expires December 31st, 2024. FBL Home is an unregulated subsidiary of Florida Power & Light Company. The Water Shield by FBL Home Program is offered by FBL Home and not Florida Power & Light Company. It has been said that everyone has a book in them, but do you have the time or the ability to write your book? Maybe you picked up some skills or had a life experience that you want to pass on in the form of a book to help others. Maybe you want to leave an autobiography for your family. Or maybe you've built a successful business and you want to share your story. At Dorrance Publishing Company, we have professional writers who can help turn your book idea into a finished manuscript quickly and affordably. A Dorrance ghostwriter can provide as much or as little help as you need to complete your book. You'll work directly with your ghostwriter to finish your book faster than you ever could on your own. It's easy to become a published author. Call Dorrance now to learn more. 800-485-6003. Call right now. That number is 800-485-6003. Welcome back to the Florida Roundtable as we consider election issues in this edition of the program. Joining us, Secretary of State Cord Bird is his office responsible for elections around the state. Mr. Secretary, thank you. Appreciate you taking the time and joining us for the Florida Roundtable this weekend. Hey, thank you, Bill. Happy to be with you. Uh, let's For folks who may not know you and anybody who's engaged politically will know and understand who you are, but there may be folks listening who aren't familiar with you and or the Secretary of State's office. Let's give them a little background about you this morning. Sure. So I'm a native Floridian, uh, fifth generation, uh, born in Jacksonville, grew up in Miami. So just been back and forth, up and down the, uh, the East Coast, uh, a lawyer by profession, uh, primarily in the area of uh, Second Amendment and firearms law. That was my specialty. And then in uh, 2016, I was elected to the uh, Florida House, uh, served three terms. And then when my predecessor, Laurel Lee, decided to run for Congress, they created an opening. And uh, the governor uh, asked me to serve as Secretary of State. And when the governor asked you to serve, your only answer is yes. So that's uh, and I've been here uh, for about two years now. It will be a contentious election year. We've had some contention since 2020 if not going back to 2016 just depends on who wins as to where the contention comes from i guess um your office constantly working on issues like that to make sure we've got safe and secure elections and we are a far different state than we were in the 2000 bush gore election when we became the focus of what was going to happen with the presidency no you're absolutely right and just so the the listeners are aware uh I got my start in elections in 1998 uh, for, for Governor Bush and then was li actually living in Palm Beach County and spent uh, 12 hours uh, in, uh, in the 2000 election. As you mentioned, Bush v. Gore, 
watching people vote that day. So um, I have almost uh, you know 25 years experience in election law. So we've come a long way from being Florida in 2000 to where we are today, which uh, I think is the we, we are the gold standard, the best in the country for elections administration. And I think we have been for some time. I have a dear friend who's our former uh, supervisor of elections here in Brevard, and I've just been impressed for years with how those offices are run. Well, and that's and that's one thing that's unique about Florida is that we have uh, 67 supervisors of elections who are constitutional officers elected and responsible to the constituents in their counties. Uh, and then we have the state level. I'm not their boss, but it is my job to enforce the election code. Uh, and 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 the you know the joke in elections administration is that you know oh well, you have the easiest job because you only work uh, you know one day every two years, and that's absolutely <laughs> not the case. We are at this, and supervisors are at it. 24 7 365 so that it, it makes it look easy let's talk about that role of the secretary of state's office when either a statewide or a presidential election comes around what is your role in, in those election seasons sure so uh, i am the uh, the, the state's uh, chief elections officer so my primary role is to enforce the election code i don't make policy i implement policy the policies made by the, the governor and the legislature, and so my job is to enforce the code that they um, that uh, that they put on the books, and so that means working with the supervisors, uh, you know, whether and primarily, you know, we work uh, constantly on list maintenance. So that's the voter roll. We have 14 and a half million registered voters in Florida. That's a lot of data, a lot of information. That role changes every single day, and we can get into why it changes every single day. But our job is really to make sure that. The, the election runs smoothly, that the votes, that people can go vote, their vote's going to be counted timely, it's going to be counted accurately, and they can have confidence in the results. Now, is it your office reporting those statewide results when they come in? So the the supervisors report that up to us, and then we put that out uh, publicly on our uh, election night website, yes. All right, very good. So the focus, at least from national media, is going to be on your office, where Locally, we're all checking with our local supervisors and seeing what the results are here. That's correct. So all of the supervisors have uh, results. And when I was a, a candidate and running, uh, you know, I would go to my, my local county websites and look at those numbers. But then obviously people can go to the statewide to see statewide results and, and or, or their local results. We've got a busy election year coming up. Secretary of State Cord Bird is with us here on the Florida Roundtable. We're going to explore that election season and the intricacies thereof. Florida's primary coming up the 19th of this month. Seems a little late in the season to me. We'll discuss that and get into elections on this edition of the Florida Roundtable. Stay with us. If you own a vessel that has reached the end of its useful life and don't know how to get rid of it, we can assist you. The Florida Vessel Turn-In Program, or VTIP, accepts vessels that have been determined at risk of becoming derelict. If you have received a citation or warning from law enforcement for an at-risk vessel and are the title owner of the vessel, you may be eligible to have your vessel removed and disposed of at no cost to you. Don't wait until it's too late. For more information, go to FloridaVTIP.com. That's FloridaVTIP.com. Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Call the low-cost airline travel hotline now for prices so low we can't publish them anywhere. We'll even save you money with cheap travel deals on hotels, rental cars, even complete travel packages. Call us first for the absolute cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. 802-341-4542. 802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. Hello, I'm Hector Elizondo, Emmy Award-winning actor, and I want to talk to you about getting older. My body hurts, my joints ache, and sometimes I forget. I forget that doing all your own scenes for a movie isn't always the best decision, especially when you're galloping side saddle down a countryside road on a horse named Archie Bello, who seems to have only one speed, high. And pulling on his reins only seems to encourage him to go even faster. So, of course, my body hurts and my joints ache, but it's not because of my age. It's because I'm living my life. Oh, oh Archibello! Don't let life pass you by. Take care of your brain health. It may just help you stay on top of your game. As soon as this scene wraps, I'm going to kiss the ground, thank Archibello for his outstanding performance, feed him a carrot, and visit brainhealth.gov. Find out how you can make the most of your brain as you age at brainhealth.gov. 
A busy election season in the Sunshine State. Secretary of State Cord Bird is with us as we take a look at the upcoming elections, the pressures on their office and supervisors of elections across the state, and things that are in focus and in play throughout. Uh, Mr. Secretary, the uh, primary for the presidential election is March 19th. It appears to be pretty much decided on both sides. I remember at one point in the last 10, 15 years, we had an earlier primary date, but now we're back a little later in the in the schedule. What moves that date and what puts our primary where it is? Sure. Um, it, it, so I think a, a lot of the, the, the primary and, and caucus decisions, I mean, that's at the party level. And I know there's sometimes infighting in, in both major political parties about which state wants to go first or certain states want to move up or move back depending on um, uh, the the candidates and, and and the time frame you know obviously the earlier you are the more the more um, decision making power you have because you know if somebody wins the first couple handful states and caucuses the the ball gets rolling money dries up for others uh, so you want to be earlier, but that's that's typically the parties that uh, decide uh, the, the primary calendar and then, and then inform the uh, the states, and then we work around that. So does it seem to change every four years or so? Do we move them around that much? I don't think they move around that that much. I mean, obviously, Iowa and, and, and New Hampshire, the, the first in the nation caucus and, and primaries. Um, I, I feel like Super Tuesday's been pretty consistent for some time now. Um, uh, I, I know there was some talk about moving Florida up, but I feel like that's been a while. So I, I, I don't think, I think that's been pretty, pretty stable for, for some time. Are there any talks in election circles about consolidating some of these primaries, maybe not going to one primary date, but getting right. the, the dates a little closer, getting more states lumped together in fewer dates. I mean, it's an expensive proposition to run a campaign. It is. I mean, this year in Florida, we'll run three statewide elections. Uh, they they are they are expensive propositions, and it's the counties that uh, that uh, foot the bill for those uh, for those elections. Um, there's always talk. I mean, depending on you know, like I said, any given cycle and who wins and who loses, there's always talk of reorganizing. I mean, I've seen uh, you know proposals where they'll say you know divide the country up into four quadrants, and then those are rotating so that no one state or one region of the country gets to decide every single election cycle because you know the the argument goes you know why should a couple hundred thousand voters in iowa decide for the whole country or new hampshire for the rest of the country you know who's going to be the the candidate but um that's just that's just life in a, in a republic right probably as many opinions on that as there are voters correct yes <laughs> and that could be tough hey you mentioned a little earlier uh about role maintenance and some of the things that are talked about in election season is well, I'm from West Virginia, so I've already heard stories about dead people voting and the like. Um, how difficult is that process? And it seems like the law has a lot to do with who can be dropped off of a voter roll and when. So what all is involved for you guys and these local supervisors? No, it's a great question. And, and it, 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 so kind of stepping back, broader picture, uh, election law is a mix of federal and state law. So there are some things that we would like to do perhaps that we are constrained by federal law to do. So we have to work We have to work around that. List maintenance is one of those areas. So we have about 14 and a half million registered voters in Florida. And what it's important for your, your listeners to understand is that voter roll changes every single day. So every day someone moves in to Florida, moves out of Florida, moves within Florida. People who are turn 18 and register to vote, they pass away, they become felons, they get their rights restored. So that road voter roll changes every single day, which puts you know makes a lot of work for the state and for the for the supervisors of elections, uh, because if you're waiting to litigate the results of a, an election after it's over, it's nearly impossible. It's our, it's our mission and our goal to get it right on the front end, which starts with a clean as possible voter roll. It'll never be perfect, and that's another thing for people to understand. There's no such thing as a perfect election. There's always going to be mistakes. We try to minimize those and make them as few as uh, possible. Um, but uh, the legislature has been very aggressive the last three years since 2020 in passing new laws, which make it easier for supervisors and for us to do voterless maintenance, including removing uh, deceased people off the rolls. You know, if you're moving and even from one jurisdiction in the state to another, one county to another, 
the top of your list is not telling the supervisor of elections, hey, I'm new to town, or if you're leaving the state, it's not the top thing on your list to say, I'm leaving, I'm not going to be voting here any longer. So that can make that even more difficult. It can. And, you know, I always have said that citizenship requires active participation and people do need to keep up with that. And when they move, they need to register in their new county and get themselves removed off the roll or if they move to new estate to a new state. But here's the good news. We we do share information with other states. So when we get information that someone has, uh, um, you know, move to Florida from another state, and uh, we notify that state that that person has now registered to vote in Florida. So we have a lot of cooperation amongst the states uh, to help each other ensure that we have um, accurate voter rolls. Is that that ERIC system that I've heard of? So ERIC did some of that, and we withdrew from ERIC last year, but we, we do that as a matter of course, with or without any other third-party organization in helping us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the legislature moved to to take Eric out of play, if I understand correctly, and and it was basically an easier way to transmit that information between the participating states. Correct. So you know the one of the debates that's being had, and you'll hear people that are frustrated with elections in the United States will say, you know, we need a centralized database. We need you know we need a single entity doing this. Well, I think it's a terrible idea to have the federal government do it. That would be. We, you know, it, which which side is going to trust the other side to have total control over the the, the election rolls? Mm-hmm. So the solution was to create this this organization called Eric, the Electronic Registration Information Center, in which states would send information to them, and then they would spit back information to the states. Uh, Florida, we had issues with that. Well, we wanted some changes made in the bylaws. The the member states uh, were essentially the board of of directors. They didn't want to make those changes. We got outvoted, and we decided that because the uh, the problems that uh, we perceived Eric to have were, were too great, we pulled out. But the good news is we've started enter into agreements with other states to continue to do uh, that work. Um, and, and here's the news. All 50 states were never members of Eric. At its height, only about 30 states were members and so California, New York are not members. So some of our largest states in the country. So it was not by a perfect system uh, by any means. So you are now doing that. Is, is there someone coordinating this between those other states now? Or uh, is it individually that the state's reaching out to each of these other states? Correct. So we're, we're, we're entering, entering into MOUs, Memorandums of Understanding, with states that share our philosophy with the Elections Administration and entering into agreements of sharing publicly available data. And what I anticipate will happen is, so we're going through different trials, different states are doing different things. And, and I, I think another um, another system will grow, will grow out of that. But you know, different, each state has its own um, laws regarding what's public and what's private. So you know, sharing, whether it's uh, personal identifying information of voters, but right now we're only sharing publicly available information that any individual citizen uh, could obtain on their own. And then we're trying to match up that uh, where states have double voters. And here's the truth of the matter. I mean, Georgia is our number one state with people moving back and forth. And that just makes sense. So we've entered into these agreements with our neighbor, mainly with our neighboring states. And that does make sense. You know, the legislature has been tweaking election law, it seems, every session. How involved can your office be in directing those tweaks that they make? And are they to the detriment of the process? Are they making the process better, more complicated or less complicated? And how do you work with the legislature on those issues? Sure, no, it's another great question. Um, and, and after 2020, um, for the last, and so in 2021, 2022, 2023, the legislature and the governor advocated and passed significant election reform. So I would say that Florida, even though we had a great election in 2020, we didn't have the problems that other states, we ended up implementing more election reform than any other state in the country. And I think that it, it, part of that is our lesson from 2000. We can we don't have to wait till the bad thing happens to make changes. We can look around the country. We can anticipate. We can try to improve. And so while I don't implement policy anymore, and when I was in the state house, I actually was involved in those major election reform bills. Um, but certainly, we can provide technical advice and help how those how what they're proposing or considering may interplay with with state law. 
Uh, but ultimately, they're the ones who vote and are the decision makers. But we certainly provide technical expertise where 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 asked. All right, very good. Uh, one of the changes they made that I thought didn't make a lot of sense, and and maybe I can get your take on this, having been in the legislature and now as the Secretary of State, when they decided that drop boxes needed to have guards on them or they needed to have someone around, but yet we still have mail ballots that can be dropped in any post office or any mailbox on any corner. It seemed like a superficial step that looks like it's security when it's not really. So let me, uh, let, it's, it's a good question. It's one that comes up a lot. Um, but what I would say, the, the, the blue drop boxes, your, your, your postal box, uh, you know, federal law, if you tamper with a post, a post office box, you're, you know, you're looking at probably 10 years of federal prison. And then also, you know, to target a, a, a blue post box, um, you would have to know that there are ballots in there and maybe you get lucky and there's one or two. Everything in a secure ballot intake station, which is now what the law calls a, a drop box, every single thing in there is a ballot. Um, so you can have hundreds of ballots. So if you were a bad person and you wanted to target vote-by-mail ballots, you're going to get more bang from your buck ta- targeting the secure ballot intake stations than a U.S. post box, which is why the legislature decided those need to be monitored 20 um, you know, uh, during the hours of operation, they need to have uh, someone watching them. All right, very good. Are you see? Have you seen other tweaks that you really liked, or some that may be problematic for you? Well, I think one of the the best ones that the uh, the the, uh, the legislature and the governor proposed was the restarting all of the vote by mail requests. So after the November 2022 election, if you had a vote by mail request, all of those statewide canceled, and we started over. And, and that will start over now after after every election cycle. And I think that's good because people sometimes forget or they move away. So that goes to that list maintenance. And will that require a little more effort on the part of supervisors to notify voters and for voters to be a little more, more proactive? Absolutely. But I think it is, is a necessary step to safeguarding um, the, uh, the, the process. All right. Very good. Secretary of State Court Byrd is with us. It is a busy election year for the state and the country. We're going to continue to explore elections, what's ahead for this season, and uh, technology and how it has changed things in the election and challenges that might be faced by the supervisors of elections or the Secretary of State's office. All of that ahead on this weekend's edition of the Florida Roundtable right here on the Florida News Network. We're back in moments. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. 800-398-0651. That's 800-398-0651. Hi, I'm Johnny Erickson Tata. Growing up with a brother with autism, Sarah Crump witnessed firsthand how kids with disabilities felt left out by their peers. It's why at the age of 15, Sarah approached her cheerleading coach with an idea to include girls with disabilities on her school's cheer team. Well, what started out as an inclusive high school cheer team in a small town in Iowa has led to what is now known as Sparkle Effect, a thriving nonprofit with over 180 cheer teams across the United States, bringing students with and without disabilities together through cheerleading. The result, more confidence, higher grades, and better school attendance for kids with disabilities. And for those without a disability, new friends and a greater empathy. You wanna learn more? Well, visit disabilitycampaign.org, where we have posted a link to the fabulous work known as the Sparkle Effect. 
We're here early before they wake up. We stay late. We stay informed. We invest in the latest technology. We take the time to train the next generation of doctors and nurses. We work together to make sure we heal their bodies and their minds. We do this not because it's our job, but because this is about our veterans' lives. This is our mission. More than 300,000 of us working as one, together with families and loved ones. No matter where they live in this country, we'll be there. We all come together and stand together to serve our veterans. We stand strong, united. Stand with us in caring for our veterans. Imagine. Imagine being denied an apartment because of your religion, or your race, or because you have children, or a disability. It's so wrong. Yes, but who has the power to stop this? You do. Each of us has the power. The law is on your side. It's illegal for landlords to discriminate because of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, disability, or familial status. If you suspect that you have experienced housing discrimination, file a complaint with HUD immediately so we can investigate it. Fair housing is your right. Use it. To learn more, visit HUD.gov slash fair housing. That's HUD.gov slash fair housing. Or call 1-800-669-9777. 1-800-669-9777. A public service message from HUD in partnership with the National Fair Housing Alliance. Secretary of State Cord Bird with us on the Florida Roundtable as we look at a busy 2024 election season across the Sunshine State. Mr. Secretary, again, appreciate your time as there have been a lot of questions and, and in all honesty, a lot of misunderstanding about how election systems work and the like. And we've got this presidential primary coming up on the 19th of this month. What do you guys do in preparation for that? And, and I, can, I know how busy it is for local supervisors deploying out to election locations and early voting locations. What's your role in all of that? Yeah, so we we've been at uh, uh, getting ready or working at getting ready for the 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 primary uh, the the presidential preference primary, and that includes um, we have we have calls with all sixty seven supervisors. So we have a group call to ask them what challenges they're facing. Obviously, the legislature's in session, so we're working very closely with the legislature and the governor's office on um, the different proposals that are out there. Um, supervisors are doing LNA testing, logic and accuracy, which is open to the public, which means that as they're preparing the voting systems to be deployed to the, to the precincts, uh, that those are tested and monitored. And we have a very aggressive um, um, certification program in Florida. So before any voting system can be uh, purchased by a county, uh, it first has to be certified with, by the state, which isn't something that every state does. Um, so those are some of the things that we're doing. Well, you mentioned various states and other states. I don't know if other states are holding the primary when we are on March 19th, Super Tuesday, uh, what, a week or two before. So, and, and so many primaries behind us already. But each of these states, they do run these things differently, different rules for mail ballots or early voting, uh, even voter registration. Some states doing same-day registration, which I think is a, a nightmare waiting to happen. Um how do you deal with those jurisdictional differences and what kind of impact does that have on voters understanding here in the state of Florida? Yeah. So, so article one, section four of the United States constitution says that state legislatures set the times, place and manner of elections. So manner of elections would include the methods of voting, timing for voting and each state is different. And that's what it is important for voters to understand. And as they're watching, you know, maybe a national news show and they're railing against, um, some other states voting uh, process or, or problems don't assume that that's happening in Florida as well. Or if a, if a, if a, if another state uses a certain voting system that may be by, made by the same vendor as somebody in Florida, it doesn't mean that that specific uh, system has been certified in Florida. So what I would ask is if people have questions, reach out to their supervisors of elections or reach out to our office. We're more than happy to talk to people. I meet with 
constituents from around the state or citizens from the around, around the state probably at least every week if you know talk to them on the phone and try to allay fears because what I want and what the supervisors want is when people go to the polls in Florida to have confidence in the system and they do there was a recent poll that came out which I think almost 80% of Floridians do have trust in our in our system which which is good for us you know I used to refer to our former supervisor of elections here in Brevard as an evangelist for elections and it seems like educating the public about how it works and how successful it's been is a big part of the job for supervisors and for your office. It is, and, and we're very transparent. Um, the, all of the, the different processes are open to the public, and the supervisors make that information um, uh, available to citizens to come and watch. And I encourage people. So I got I told you, as I told you, I got my start as a poll watcher. I would just spend you know all day on election day watching people vote. People can get involved that way. They can go work for the supervisor. And I've had people tell me that were that were election skeptics. They went and worked at the supervisor's office or worked the, the polls at election on election day, saw how the process worked, and then had much more confidence in what they were seeing because it, it is a little Byzantine. It is it is complex, but it's not so complex that people can't understand if they engage and get involved and want to learn. You did say you were involved as a poll watcher in two thousand during Bush Gore. Did you find yourself in a courtroom during that period of time? You are an attorney. I, I didn't. So I was, I was a young lawyer at the time, and I did do some legal research and prepare memos behind the scenes. But I was not one of the uh, I was not one of the lawyers in the, uh, the the courtroom. I wasn't quite seasoned enough at that time. But I learned a lot, and I was able to take that education, and it helped me as a, as a legislator. And now certainly it helps me as a as Secretary of State having that experience. Um, being involved in the elections process. One of the things that we have to be grateful about after that season was not having to worry about hanging chads or pregnant chads ever again. The technology really jumped up and changed an election uh, mechanism. It has, and, and, that, and that is one of the, the, the big topics of discussion, but I, I ran the bill and was able to pass it that said that the, the paper ballot is the best evidence of a voter's intent. So in Florida, uh, voters have the right to vote on a, on, on a on a paper ballot and mark that ballot. And if there's a discrepancy, if there's a dispute, um, if we have to go to a recount, um, you know, it is. And I've been involved in canvassing. So during the, during 2018, when we had the the statewide recounts for for governor and for senator, um, I was involved in that process in Duval County. And so I'm very proud of the the fact that we have made the paper ballot the best evidence of the voters' intent. What are the challenges that you see now, given that we've had technological changes, that we do have paper ballots? And I know here in Brevard, we have uh, a, an audit system that they run the ballots through. After they run them through the election system, they have an independent, not connected to anything machine, and they run the same ballots through, and they've come up with the same results when they've used that. Not every county implements that, but what are the challenges that you get from folks concerned about election integrity? What are the points they're focusing on? Sure, and I, and I think that's that's a that's a great one. You mentioned the clear ballot system, and I and I'm hopeful that at some point we can get all 67 counties using it. It is a parallel system, and we can the counties that are using it can run the ballots through that system and then compare uh, the counts. And so there's always a challenge between accuracy and timeliness, um, and, and and so I think it's important because every every single day that goes on after the election that you pe the citizens don't have the results, doubt starts to creep in. So one of the things that Florida touts that we do, I think better than any other country being the third largest state, is that you know on election night, you know the results uh, by you know 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. And, and that's because we have an election code that allows us to begin canvassing uh, prior to election day, where other states um, they don't even start counting until their vote by mails come in long after election day has passed. Yeah, I, I think a lot of folks don't realize that the early ballots uh, are tabulated as, as they come in, but results not looked at. Mail ballots, I forget the number of days, are able to be processed, again, not tabulated, at least publicly, until election night. And those first results of election night are from early balloting and mail balloting that has already come into the offices. You're absolutely right. And so in Florida, about a third of the voters vote by mail, a third vote early, and a third vote on election day. The trends on that have been fairly consistent. 
um, during the, the COVID election cycle that the vote by mail spiked up, but then it, it returned back uh, to normal in 2022. And so about two thirds of the vote is already counted uh, by uh, election night. And, and all ballots in Florida must be to the supervisor's office by 7 p.m. And we know that there sometimes the mail trucks don't get there. Uh, they get stuck in traffic. Those votes don't get counted. And that's different from other states that only say that the ballot has to be postmarked by election day. So that's why you see states taking you know, a week or 10 days or two weeks to count ballots because they don't have their endpoint as election day uh, for the postmarking where our endpoint is they have to be into the supervisor's office, which is why with 14 and a half million registered voters, we're able to get those results out on election night. I know supervisors of elections have associations where they come together, they share ideas, they talk about technology and trends. At the secretary of state level, do you have that kind of interaction with other secretary of states or other election officials in other states where you look at maybe tweaking their requirements to get them closer to what we're doing here so we do get quicker results? Or is there any uh, cooperation between the states when it comes to those things? Yeah, so there's a there's an organization of the of the secretaries of state, and we get together uh, twice a year. And certainly, I've uh, made friendships with uh, colleagues in other states, and we talk about elections administration. And last year, uh, I went to to Utah and spoke to legislators there. I testified before the Pennsylvania uh, Senate on elections. I met with uh, legislators from Wisconsin. So I uh, I, I am an elections evangelist uh, in trying to take the Florida model to other states to improve their elections code. And, and there, I can tell your listeners that there is a lot of interest in other states implementing at least some of what we're doing here because we have been very successful at it. And again, they're going to have to deal with that with their own legislatures and see if they can get those codified. Well, that's it. I mean, you know, in Florida, um, you know, we have a, a legislature and a governor that uh, are, are, are philosophically aligned. Other states aren't so fortunate. Uh, but you keep you keep plugging away. You keep trying to educate as many people a, a, as you can. And you know, as Florida continues to show how elections are, are are done, I think more and more states will follow our lead. Do you have a major concern as we go into this election season? What what's what's the top thing you're thinking about as we get ready to have three elections in very short order? Sure. I mean, first and foremost is that the 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 election the electorate is is educated and um, informed on you know knowing where your polling place is. Um, if you were, if you're going to vote by mail, making sure you've you've made that request, making sure if you're voting by mail that your signature is is updated with the supervisor's office, and those are things people need to be proactive about. Okay, let me interrupt you there, scope. and we'll come back yeah, and sure. finish it up on the other side with Secretary of State Court Bird on the roundtable. Looking to make your garden fresh and new this spring? Quality Green Specialists in DeLand has what you're looking for. Fancy shrubs, large trees like magnolias and hollies, beautiful flowers like supertunias and azaleas, olives, citrus, peaches, blueberries, vegetables and herbs too. Enjoy gardening at its best. Select from our quality fertilizers and organics like azomite. Great plants, sustainable products. Friendly expert advice. 335 West Michigan Avenue, DeLand and online at qualitygreenspecialist.com. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-240-4587. 800-240-4587. That's 800-240-4587. Whether taking on large commercial landscapes or your own backyard, let Steel help with your pursuit of the perfect cut. Introducing Steel zero-turn mowers for homeowners and pros with a wide range of features and options like our advanced four-wheel suspension system and 0% financing available. It's time to let the pursuit begin. Real Steel. Find yours at steelusa.com slash zero-turn. Available at select dealers. Financing available on qualifying purchases and subject to credit approval. See dealer for details. If your king or queen sago palms have been invaded by Asian cycad scale, it's time to fight back with organic Summit year-round spray oil. 
It kills Asian cycad scale and other insect pests. But Summit year-round spray oil contains no chemical toxins. Insects don't build up a resistance to this horticultural oil, so it keeps working every time you spray. Summit year-round spray oil is available at fine garden centers and at summitresponsiblesolutions.com. Secretary of State Cord Bird with us on the Florida Roundtable. My name's Bill Mick. Thank you for spending your time with us here on the Florida News Network. Mr. Secretary, had to interrupt you because of the break, but let's get back into your concerns as we go into an election season. Uh, educated voters, certainly one of them, and, and I know we work on that on my show on a regular basis. Um, what other things are you looking at? Sure. So no surprise, there are, are there are bad actors uh, around the world that would love nothing more than to interfere in, in elections in the United States. And you can think of uh, you know, Russia, Iran, uh, North Korea, the Chinese Communist Party, and uh, they're, they're constantly trying to, to probe our systems. And we work very closely with federal, state and local law enforcement to monitor that and just want people to know that it is something that we literally work on 24-7. Uh, 365. We're always watching the the bad guys who would, uh, you know, want, love nothing more than to undermine our our, our republic, and we take that uh, that security role very seriously. You know, we did a show just a couple of weeks ago on cybersecurity, government, business, and in in people's homes. And you've got House Bill One uh, going on in Tallahassee. It's already passed the legislature. Waiting to see if the governor will sign it. it cybersecurity a big concern. Do you have concerns as the Secretary of State? with uh, election information being transmitted as it is from polling places to the central elections office in each county? Or do you, do you, are you confident in the technology that it is secure? Um, I'm confident in, 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 our, in our security systems and protocols. Uh, we have uh, what are called cyber navigators that work very closely with the counties. And here's one of the, the features of Florida's elections system is that each county gets to decide how they transfer votes or, or results from a, a polling place to the central office and then to us. Um, and so uh, no one can hack Florida because you would have to know how all 67 counties do it and not all 67 counties do it the, the same way. And here's the other thing. The results that come out on election night are the unofficial results. So while we report them, they are unofficial. So we still have, if there were shenanigans that took place or concerns, um, then we would have time to address those concerns. And once again, which is why the paper ballot. So if there was some issue with electronic transmission of data, we could always turn to the paper ballots as the best evidence of the voters' intent. So we're not we're not reliant just on a on an electronic um, decision, where other states only vote electronically. Well, and then that clear ballot system we talked about in an earlier segment, it's basically an instant audit and gives you the opportunity to confirm pretty quickly what you've done through the certified election equipment. Correct. And your listeners need to know, too, that, you know, we have the major parties are are watching very closely. The candidates are watching very closely. So people you, you you have um, you have a lot of people who are, are watching to make sure that the the system is working properly. On election day, we set up an elections war room here at the Department of State, and we're watching social media. I mean, sometimes we'll know about a problem in a county before the supervisor of elections even does. And when I say a problem, I'm talking about oh, there was a power outage or you know, a, a, a street lights out and there's a delay in traffic, and then we're we're on the on a call to the supervisor's office. So. We're, we're very proactive in, in monitoring what's happening around the state so we can jump on problems early. Uh, another concern, I mean, you know, election season falls right at the heart of hurricane season. So, um, uh, you know, my fervent prayer is that uh, we, get, we get through this year with uh, no major storms hitting the state. I mean, that's every year, but especially in election year, because that, that does raise um, significant challenges, which we saw in uh, 2022. Are instant tweaks available to you, maybe through a governor's executive order or something, should a storm take out a polling place or power outages, like you've mentioned, stack people up and not let them get to a polling place in a timely manner? And is that even necessary with the amount of uh, ways and, and time that people have to vote these days? So in, in 
hurricanes and major storms, the governor can issue um, executive orders. He did in, in 2022 uh, because we had uh, um, sites on uh, the west coast of Florida that, that, that did lose power, did lose polling places. So we have the ability to tweak, uh, but we don't do those for a bad thunderstorm. And it's why it's critical that people not wait um, to vote. If you, if you have the opportunity to vote early, uh, whether that's vote by mail or early voting, I, I encourage people to do that because I hear about, you know, anecdotally, um, you know, in one of the special elections in New York just a few weeks ago, you know, they had a bad snowstorm on election day and there were lots of people who didn't end up getting to the polls because they waited. So, um, you know, you kind of use election day as your last resort, unless that's just how you like to vote. Uh, but, but have a plan, have a plan ready in case uh, the weather or other circumstances uh, don't don't permit you to get there. Well, I'm with you in sharing those uh, thoughts and prayers for no hurricanes and no major disruptions on Election Day. It can be a nightmare when that happens, and it can be very tough. We've got one segment left with Secretary of State Cord Byrd as we're talking the 2024 election season here on the Florida Roundtable on the Florida News Network. David was in big trouble with the IRS. At first, I didn't owe that much, but after this year, it was out of control. Then David called Get a Tax Lawyer. Right away, they were like, oh yeah, looks like you're qualified to save Get a Tax Lawyer went to work. <laughs> Should have called way sooner. Get a Tax Lawyer has helped thousands like David fight the IRS and get a fresh start. Call 800-786-9014. That's 800-786-9014. Man, it is a beautiful day to fish. Here's your life jacket. You know I can swim, right? So could a lot of people who died falling overboard. Come on, I'm not a kid. Fatalities are often men over 30. It's too hot to wear one. These new ones are complete. <sighs> They're happy. Ooh, I got one. Glad you wore the life jacket. Okay, yes. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission reminds you to wear your life jacket. Visit wearitflorida.com. Wear it, Florida. Stop your grinding with Brooks Night Are you waking up in the morning with a sore jaw, headaches, ringing in your ears, all because you're grinding and clenching your teeth at night? That's exactly what was going on with me. I ended up going to a dentist, and he wants to charge over $600 for a night guard. That's when I found the Brooks Night Guard. You mold it at home to the top or bottom teeth. Other mouth guards go all the way to the back, which allows the back teeth to touch. This is where most of the grinding and clenching occurs. The Brooks Night Guard redirects the bite force away from the back teeth, reducing jaw pain while still protecting the teeth. This unique design is what makes Brooks Night Guard different from all other traditional grind guards. Order your Brux Night Guard today and get 10% off plus free shipping. Go to BruxNightGuard.com and enter the code BRUX95. That's B-R-U-X-9-5. Stop your grinding with Brux Night Guard. Shortness of breath, patients confused. Temp 102. He just had an infection. What's going on? He's becoming septic. Antibiotics started. Bed ready, let's move him. Infections can lead to a deadly chain reaction in your body called sepsis. Very quickly, sepsis can cause tissue damage, organ failure, and even death. If you know the risks, can spot the symptoms, and act fast, then you can get ahead of sepsis. Learn more at cdc.gov sepsis. My muscles ached. I was tired all the time. My son had a full-blown asthma attack. It came out of nowhere. The unsettling thing about some symptoms is... I had a fever and these terrible headaches. You don't always know what's causing them. It was Lyme disease from a tick bite. I had Zika virus from a mosquito. He had a reaction to cockroach allergens. Threats to your health can come from unexpected places. Get the facts. Visit pestworld.org. A public service message from the National Pest Management Association. Wrapping up this weekend's edition of the Florida Roundtable with Secretary of State Cord Byrd. Big election year ahead of us, the uh, presidential primary, March 19th, coming up in August on the 20th, the uh, Florida State primary, and then the general election on November 5th. That's a lot of work and a lot of turnaround in one year for these uh, supervisors, and it's busy for candidates and, and everybody else too, Mr. Secretary. So let's talk about your best advice for voters and then for candidates in this election season. 
Sure. So I'll start with candidates. And my advice is if you're going to win, win big. Big elections are, are you know, when you win big, it's you don't have as many uh, controversies. So that that's one piece of advice. And it's funny because I joke with my former colleagues in the legislature that, you know, because they won an election, I've got 160 elections experts up there. Uh, but but winning <laughs> yeah, elections or running a campaign. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not the same as uh, as administering an election. And so I would encourage candidates to to get involved. The supervisors are more than happy to sit down with them and walk them through the process. We're going to be doing that later this year. We're going to have some PSAs where we, you know, you remember the old uh, how, how, how a bill becomes a law. We're going to do how a ballot becomes a vote because we really want people to understand the process. Because in a republic, if you lose confidence in elections, you're, you're finished. You're done. Absolutely. And, and that, that's one of my fears. And uh, I'm doing everything I can to be the Pied Piper of, uh, of good elections administration. You know, we've had a situation recently here in the state where local elected officials, city councilmen, mayors and the like, have had to change their reporting on their personal finances. It's called some of them to leave service to their communities. Others in a lawsuit against the state right now about how much financial information they have to disclose. A lot of these folks, it just surprises me that candidates don't get all the information that they should have before they decide, hey, I'm running for office. Right, and it's one of the, I think it's the first test of a candidate is can can you follow the rules? I mean, every every election cycle we have issues with candidate qualifying and people that can't fill out simple paperwork. And not that mistakes can't be made, but if you can't get those nuts and bolts basics right, then I don't know that uh, yeah, I necessarily trust you to be making laws for other people. So it is it is uh, qualifying and, and understanding the process. I think is the first uh, the first test for every candidate to to know what they're getting into. Are there any changes coming that you're aware of? And again, the legislature working on tweaks, it seems, every year that supervisors in our 67 counties need to be aware of as we go into this season. Any any major concerns there? No, I mean, the rule of thumb is you don't change election law in an election year, and uh, it does not look like uh, the, the legislature is going to do anything, which I know makes the supervisors happy, because when you have major changes, it does take time to not only educate the supervisors on the changes, but to educate the electorate. We've watched other states that did major election reform in an election year, and it ended up disenfranchising voters, and that's the last thing any of us want to do. We want to make sure that everyone who's eligible to vote, that wants to vote, has the opportunity to vote. What would you like this audience to know about the Secretary of State's office as we bring this to a close today? Sure. That's a great, great way to end. So we have a podcast. It's called Unsealed. So I am the the keeper of the state seal. So our podcast is Unsealed, where uh, we talk to people in the Department of State so people so the citizens can learn more about what their government does. Uh, there, you know, so I, I want to be more connected to the people, not less. And this is our way of, of giving them a little bit of behind the scenes insight into what actually goes on um, with their state government and specifically the, the Department of State. I might have gone with Cord Bird unplugged, but unsealed sounds pretty good, too. I like that. I like that. That's Secretary of State. I'll write that one down. Secretary of State Cord Bird, thank you for the time today. Very informative, and I hope folks are uh, educated and ready for this election season ahead. I know you're going to be. Thank you, Bill. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak to your listeners. Look forward to having you again. That's going to do it for this edition of the Roundtable. We'll see you next weekend on the Florida News Network. You've been listening to the Florida Roundtable with Bill May on news and public affairs presentation of the Florida News Network. The views and opinions expressed during this program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of this station management, owners, or sponsors. For questions or concerns, contact Florida Roundtable at fnnonline.net.